Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep, episode 43 of season four. Season four is coming. We're winding up our year. It's coming to a close. Uh, we're just four giant sandworms with perfect opinions about movies, <laughs> books, and uh, TV and culture. And uh, I know we said we're taking this week off, but that's how we surprise you. We keep we mm-hmm. uh, under promise and over deliver. <laughs> We're, we're back, you know, because we had already watched Dune. So we just decided to talk about Dune. And we'll probably take next week off. But you never know. We're crazy and like that. If you're listening to this next week because you didn't listen to it this week, it's just a normal episode. It's still good. Yeah. yeah I mean, the only thing is the news will be a little bit older. Yeah. You'll be like, I heard that bird story. Um, I am your host. I'm Alex Falcone. We're recording, as always, from beautiful, sunny North Koreatown, Los Angeles. I'm joined today. He's at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter. He's in Southeast Portland. He honors you with the gift of his moisture. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. I don't know what the deep is trying to send me in these messages, but they're weird, and they involve my teachers from school a lot. So <laughs> they need to clear up their language or something. It's almost like vagueness yeah. is part of the fun for them. Yeah. Well, I love the idea that that's the first thing this movie tells you. Like, this is going to be very important information, you guys. This yeah. is going to recontextualize everything. And here's what's so great about that. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I apparently did not listen when they said that. Dreams of messages from the deep. It's before the Warner oh. Brothers logo. You said oh, it. What do you never think my bit was going to be? Huh. What do you think my bit was going to be, Anthony, <laughs> with my, my voice changer over here? What oh. do you think? Well, oh. I, was, I have my finger on the button ready. Oh, well, oh let's see what happens. Wait, 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 wait. I can change gears. I got a different idea. All what right. you say? I was going to say we can make a runner of it where it's, you know, for the whole punchline, every punchline for this episode is just messages from the deep. I like that. If you if we say something that's not funny, you can assume it was secretly a message from the deep. Um, Our next guest joining us, he's at Hanbun on Letterboxd from the woods of Southeast Portland. He's got a nice spice blend for you. It's Mr. Hunter Donaldson. Yeah. Hey, do what I say. You got to do. Give me the water. Mommy, give me the water. (laughs) <laughs> That's my voice right there. It's a good one. Really good one. Uh, different right from pitch. the other, mm. pun, uh, very different from the other joke you would have been. Um, <laughs> and rounding out the panel today from Northern California, if anything happens, he will protect your son. It's Ezra Fox. Uh, you know, you could have stuck around and fought with me, I guess, and maybe I would have survived according to your dream, but I'm just going to die and go to my Apple TV series. <laughs> I've got I've got other desert planets. I've got other things to do. Look, it's fine. I, I don't know how much you guys know about the rest of the Dune series, but uh Duncan Idaho comes back a lot. It's Duncan Idaho's all the way down by the end of it. <laughs> what? It's cloned constantly. So Jason, I mean, if they if they did the whole series, he'd be back constantly. He would be in like every movie. He would be in more movies than Timothy Chalamet would be yes. in. Actually. So this is good because I would like to see more of him because I enjoy yeah. him. And also because the most joy that this yeah. film brought my wife was every time somebody said the name Duncan Idaho and she giggled. Yeah. It's, it's a good it's name. A, it's a funny so line. Here's the, here's the question. Which would be a better product tie-in? Would it be Duncan Donuts that are Duncan Idaho? <laughs> Or would it be Dunkaroos there, Duncan Idaho? Or Duncan Hines, mm. Duncan or, Idaho? Or the, I, yeah, the, the Idaho Tourism Board. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I do what think about? if some, because there are Dunkin' Donuts in Idaho, presumably. Right, right, right. Mm. That's kind of what I'm going with. It. I'm thinking yes. Duncan, Idaho, potato donuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, potato donuts are pretty great. Are they? Um, there yeah. are Duncan, Duncan locations. Oh, maybe not. Hard to say. I mean, say. Don't, didn't you know Frank Herbert was sitting at a Dunkin' Donuts with a typewriter in Idaho when he was writing <laughs> what happened? Book? And he was like, what's a character's name? Okay, let me look around. I, I mean, mean Eastern <laughs> Oregon is basically Idaho. So, yeah. in fact, that's what it's, Idaho thinks. It's so. clearly yeah. also a name, right? right? Like Duncan yeah. Idaho clearly like himself was like on the run from like someone else and just like like oh you want to join up to the trades oh yeah yeah what's your name it's Dun- Dun- Duncan Idaho well, he's, real from the, name. he's from the he's from the house of Idaho duh oh of course he's, oh it's from yeah. the Idaho Duncan yeah, Idaho Idaho yeah exactly I I was I saw well, a Idaho's tweet thread that I cannot very important in this universe. A friend of mine tweeted about how she was more angry. She was less angry about Duncan Idaho. She's like, yeah, that's a silly name, but it's space. I'm more upset about Jessica. Where is she doing? What's she doing in space? How's there just a Jessica in space? Oh, there's Jessica's <laughs> everywhere. This is, it was a big naming boom in the 80s. There's always, you can't well, find, I mean, not find a Jessica. At that point, you might as well be like, what's a hero's name? Paul? You know, like it's also a Paul is biblical. No, Paul is yeah. biblical. Jessica's not Jessica. even in the Bible. 
But it's Lady Jessica, and that has a good ring to it, you know? Alex, Alex, anyone in the Bible whose name you didn't know who it was, it was absolutely Jessica. There are a lot of Jessicas. You have no idea. There probably were Jessicas in the Bible. We just didn't get to it yet. I was going to let it slide. What's the name of that talking sheep or the bear that kills the children? Anyway. Jessica. Anyone could have been (laughs) Jessica. Jessica the bear. Um. But this let's get let's do a little bit of sidetrack before we get all the way into Dune. This is uh, an episode like all episodes brought to you by our fabulous meat buddies who give their precious moisture to keep us going. <laughs> That's right. When you join the Metreon campaign by going to Metreon.com, you're essentially spitting in our mouths. But it's weird because we like it. But no, um, no, no. Okay. Not the mouth. No, you, no, you, you <laughs> go ahead. Give me notes in the, as we go. I mean, just you can spit lots of places like you know, and yeah. still, still uh, honorable. It doesn't have to be in the mouth. Yeah. Look, oh, I'm yeah. saying I'm I, telling you what's happening. I'm not saying I mean, it's the only option. It is, That's what it, it's how I interpret it. How the movie does it is way more realistic because you're taking their spit and putting it in your to like make coffee, which you are actually doing with their money. You know. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, that's pretty yeah, real. Like, that's pretty much it. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so go it's to Patreon.com and keep yeah. us crawling across the desert. Before we start, let's do a quick roundup of the news. Three great stories we got to get in in rapid succession today. First up, fuckable Buzz Lightyear. Um, Disney Pixar dropped their first teaser trailer for Lightyear, the upcoming animated feature that answers the question: yeah. What if Buzz Lightyear made me horny? Yeah. Um, you're really That's coming out next yourself year? right now. All of a sudden, you really want to fuck Buzz Lightyear. I didn't Not, get this from I the trailer. I didn't want to last week. Now I do this week. Yeah. And that's what I'm asking you is, why did that happen to me? I don't know. You got to ask the psychologist about that. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought the trailer looked fine. It didn't like awaken something sexually in me. I kind of wish awake. it did. did, it, did it, <laughs> yeah, you're I mean, just already Chris, awake. <laughs> Chris Evans awoke that when he came out of the... Um, Captain America machine in the first movie. You know what but, I mean? Okay, so, but yeah. does it awaken interest in a fully sci-fi Pixar movie? Yeah, I mean, that on paper sounds cool. Uh, yeah, and again, right. I like the theory that this is like a in-universe movie. Like, this is a movie like Andy would have gone to see. Like, this is the movie, this that movie. Is, yeah, this yeah, part this is movie. hard for my brain. So this is not the story of Buzz Lightyear, the toy voiced no. by Tim Allen. This is the no. story of Buzz Lightyear, the real person slash yeah. movie character yeah. that is in that universe that the toy is based on. So he got a toy real of, person at all, though, in the, in it's the just, Toy Story it's universe. It's just the movie that he would have seen. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Or yeah. is it the, like the gritty reboot that they do. Like, is it the Transformers of Buzz Lightyear? Like, right. they, in, needlessly in the Toy Story universe, like, they took this kid's cartoon and are doing a big gritty sci-fi take on it? The, I mean, this is what I imagine was the pitch, where somebody was, somebody was like, there's no more Toy Story movies. I can't, yeah. no one can find a Toy Story movie that we could do. And then someone's like, what if it needed a chart to understand and he was like all right i'm listening and that's what <laughs> I, mean, I, I bet this is all just kind of fun stuff we're bringing to it it'll be fine just watching it you know i think yeah, it's kind of a movie about a space guy it, yeah it definitely does feel like pixar is you know doesn't want to keep making sequels but disney's like you have to give us at least a sequel every other movie right uh, so they just took a sci-fi movie and like what if it was buzz instead of Tim, who we originally had as the main right, character, right? So Tim, the know? spaceman, the yeah. po- popular yeah, it's Pixar. Kinda, um, you know, it's, it wasn't this like like Die Hard two, where like it, like it wasn't a Die Hard movie. They're like, you know, <laughs> we have this movie, we have a spacey movie. Right? Can we find a way to make a Toy Story? It's possible, yeah. very possible. Yeah, it's also, um, I think we have to consider the most obvious possibility that they just wanted an out from working with Tim Allen anymore. <laughs> so, like, we're literally just going to create a new, but it would be weird if we just changed the toys' voice. So, we're going to make a whole movie to reestablish yeah. the new voice. I like so that. Tim Allen doesn't have to come in here anymore. I like that a lot. I uh, My favorite joke from this uh, was a friend of the show, Maggie Mae Fish, who tweeted uh, that she'd rather see an origin story for Jesse the Cowgirl from Toy Story 2, mm. which I'm also yeah. for, just like a straight-up Western, which would be called, of course, Fistful of Doll Hairs. Oh, uh, that's so good. Oh, I like it a lot. Yeah. Is it really good? Also, I would love to see what her story is. Yeah. I'm all about it. I mean, you got to be careful I mean, saying we, things like that because they're going to do it probably. If Buzz Lightyear makes a, mon- a lot of money, they're going <laughs> to yeah, No kidding. They're like every toy. For all of the toys. Yeah. Oh my I can't God. wait to see the real life potato that Mr. Potato Head was based on. Yeah. The toy Story cinematic universe. Yeah. What? I mean, the dinosaur. Ending. The yeah. Slinky Dog. Slinky Dog. Well, they already made, made that movie. dinosaur movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Um, all right. Uh, two more quick stories. Uh, next up, Mitt Romney 
is Ted Lasso for Halloween, ruining a nice thing that we all used to enjoy. Um, He posted a picture of his costume, which was a mustache and a polo shirt, along with the caption, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Everybody's favorite Ted Lasso quote. So I guess the first (laughs) question is, is this whole thing a troll? Do we think that maybe Mitt Romney hates Jason Sudeikis? And this was his way. He's like the mo- the. It's like the way I can ruin this the most is by getting my stink on it. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just like licking it. It's like mine. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just got Mitt cooties, and now no one wants it anymore. I, I feel like though, like why didn't Mitt try this before though? You know what I mean? Mm. Like ruining other things with his own. Yeah, brand. yeah. Like, why didn't Mitt like post himself like listening to Billie Eilish or something like so that? What is, you know what so I mean? here's a possibility. Maybe Mitt Romney has a side business. We know he's very rich. Maybe his business is he calls and he's like, "That's a great brand you have there." Oh, and wouldn't he it be them. unfortunate yeah. if somebody if like me got Mitt really into got it? All yeah. into it. Yeah. It's protection yeah. money. It's protection yeah. money from his brand on your I brand. He just walks in, puts his feet on Tim Cook's desk. Hey, yep. Tim, nice little service you got there. And Tim I mean, Cook, it'd be a shame if I yeah. if I uh, held my iPhone and quoted Windows ads. Mm-hmm. I, I like this. It also could just be yeah, like you just you know uh, head of Netflix programming just like you know slips in a uh, like a envelope of money just yeah. like make it look like an accident. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. All right. And then lastly, Anthony shared this story with us, which I'm always so glad when Anthony uh, participates in weird news. But it's another week of great news or interesting news out of New Zealand. Not necessarily great, but interesting Mm -hmm. news. A bat has won bird of the year for the first time ever. You guys, of course, know it's that time of year again with the most prestigious competition. It's the beginning of award season, really. We all agree. Mm -hmm. New Zealand's Mm -hmm. bird of the year, the annual competition. Whoever takes bird of the year usually takes best picture. So it's really important. (laughs) It's really an indicator. It does kind of work out like that. This has affected my ballot. The Batman is coming out in holiday season, uh, like award season. If they had named a spider, I would have thought Spider-Man, but no. Mm -hmm. Um, No. But this year, none of us probably would have picked this because a long odds winner was the long-tailed bat, one of New Zealand's two native mammals. Um, the best part about the story is if you dig into it, the competition for New Zealand Bird of the Year has a history of ballot stuffing, rigged polls, and even rumors of Russian interference. This is according to the New York Times. Last year, a hacker slipped in more than 1,500 fake votes into the election database, sending a flightless bird to the top. And then apparently in 2019, there was a lot of uh, voting from Russia for the first time ever. And so people thought there were 339 votes cast from Russian computers. Um, Although the New Zealand Bird Bird of the Year competition spokesperson says, uh, we assure you everything was above board this time around. And she had to say this time around because before, not always above board. (laughs) She had to admit that last time it was not. Yeah, that's what really have we good. about the about yeah. the noble bat getting its due as bird of the year? Um, I got close to a bat in within a year. That was scary. Underneath, mm. the, oh, okay, uh, yeah. Tell me under, more about under, that. Underneath, uh, well, I just found it, and uh, it, it I was underneath a house, and I was taking out insulation, and oh. I moved the insulation, and then I saw. Well, actually, that's mm. not true. I saw the insulation wiggle around. Which is never a good sign. And then <laughs> I grabbed that. Typical insulation yeah. behavior. Yeah, it doesn't wiggle much. You know, yeah. it's not supposed to. Yeah. So it was wiggling and I was confused and I moved the insulation down. And I'm like, you know, mm. I'm underneath a house. So I'm not fully standing. I'm like kind of crouched oddly. And oh, I look God. up and there's just like a bat right in my face. Mm. Really like, scary. Ah, bird yeah. of the year. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, did yell bird of the year and then shit my pants and ran away. <laughs> you missed the... You missed a chance to go in the record books as like one of the three people a year who die of rabies. You know, that's yeah. a pretty prestigious I, honor. Really, like I, slip past three. Yeah. I know. Three. I saw the glory of it there and yeah. just kind of passed on it because I just yeah. figure, you know, I'm doing other things that might be notable. Mm-hmm. I hope. I like when we include Zoom uh, video on our calls to record this podcast, so I can see Ezra's frown of "I don't believe that figure is accurate for mm-hmm. rabies." Sixty thousand. <laughs> 60,000 worldwide. worldwide. Wow. Okay, sure. So it's no, like three yeah, in the States. It's, yeah, it's I mean, rabies is a very bad way to go. You want to get those shots quickly. It's <laughs> man, I'm sorry to everybody who is a little afraid of bats for Hunter's description. That was a terrifying story, Hunter. But bats yeah, are so it was cute. scary. 
but yeah, bats are like you know maligned and unfairly and and are are cute and important. I feel the same way about bats that I do about spiders, which is I a general like in inside not a great feeling naturally, but enemies of bugs enemies yeah. of mine so right. yeah yeah if yeah you kill and eat bugs because the thing with like like it, with, uh, the bats in texas are like they eat seventy thousand pounds of bugs every night like that is better than if there was seventy thousand pounds yeah. of bugs around that day wait the each one is that much that feels wrong yeah, no, the total say, fall yeah. it seems impossible so we would no, run but out seriously, of bugs it is like, right like away the amount of, like yeah seriously the, but like the the colony of bats in austin texas eats like tons yeah. of like literally little tons of bugs every single yeah. night and spiders, good, i don't want bugs around spiders and bats are the sand wombs of uh the modern world <laughs> oh know? yeah you're right yeah. you know the sand like the big a perfect know? transition into our segment so we're gonna go from bats and birds straight into worms with the homework It's time for segment two, the homework. This week, we watched Dune, the 2021 parched sci-fi uh, action-adventure movie written and directed by Dennis Villanueva, the first of a planned two-part yeah. adaptation of the 1965 yeah. novel of the same name written by Frank Herbert, starring indie darling and peach fucker Timothy Chalamet, um, hiding among all these superheroes. Just a little yeah. skinny yeah. indie boy with all these superheroes. It's- one of my favorite things about this movie is that in the world of all these giant, even Camille is getting jacked for movies. This yeah. movie features the two smallest actors working in Hollywood. <laughs> if you combine Timothy Chalamet and Zendia, you would get one Tom Cruise. That's how small they are. You know, they're so tiny. They're teeny tiny people. I just yeah. love that we see you get in a big movie with the two smallest people. It's great. I, I love it because I, if I'd seen this when I was young, I'd be like, yes, like thank you, like a chance for the yeah. skinny people to like thank to be the skinnies. chosen one. Finally, yeah. yeah, finally, skinny people get something yeah. good. Um, yeah, it is funny watching like like Star Wars, Poe, and Aquaman, and, and Thanos, um, and Thanos, and yeah. then, uh, like. Also, just like Skarsgård, Stellan Skarsgård is not a big dude, but if you make him into a 12-foot, mud-covered, naked worm man, he's oh my God. And then just little Chalamet. Yeah, Bautista's oh, yeah, here, yeah. Bautista, yeah. another huge jacked guy. The cast is so stacked that it yeah, actually boggles the mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like Bautista's in this movie, and it, you start thinking things like, well, I, I watched this twice now. Yeah, um, same here. And the second time I watched it, I remember being like, I think Bautista has like two lines. Like, yeah. how much money do you get paid to be Dave Bautista to be in Dune to say two things, basically? So how, much Zend- I'm how much does Zendia get paid to be in slow motion for four minutes of this <laughs> movie? Yeah. <laughs> she says, like, have two dream. Yeah. yeah. She just walked on a beach, got some blood on her hand for one shot, mm-hmm. and, you know, got a huge paycheck, but... I don't even know. You, I don't even think you see her face in the blood hand shot, so that might not even no, be her. Been, yeah, model. Been, yeah. Or a blood model, either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, for those of you who have not seen the brand new Dune, which is available for a couple more weeks, I think, on Warner mm-hmm. Brothers uh, on on HBO Max, but also and, in theaters. Yeah, I also um, I lied to you guys when I said it was okay to not see this in theaters. Uh, seeing this in theaters fucking owns. Mm. If you can. I, and he feels safe. Uh, I went to a matinee screening of this, and then I watched it on streaming, which they do like this. Have, did you guys notice like the pan and scan that they have to do in the streaming because no, they, they refuse the chains aspect ratios because it's just locked in the oh, one? Oh yeah, so yeah. Theatrical screenings, you don't get that. You get just the full shots, but on streaming, they have to do like these little things, like cut off the top and bottom of the frame a lot. Oh wait, um, okay. So yeah, it's it was very weird, and I think it does kind of lose something that way. It works great in both. I, like I said, I saw it in theaters on Monday. Came I home, it was fine. Yeah, watched it at home, and I wait. You yeah, watched it great. at home the Tuesday. You yeah, watched I, it in theaters two days ago, and then the next day you were like, "I have another three hours to watch mm-hmm. the same movie." No, I watched it on Monday, and then on Tuesday, Heather and I watched David Lynch's Dune. Followed immediately by uh, 2021. <laughs> so we had like five hours. So, so you, yeah, you're up to 11 yeah. hours of Dune this week. Wow. Dude, I'm up to like, 
I've watched, uh, I've gone down a long rabbit hole of huge summary, detail, detailed summaries of all six uh, Frank Herbert Dune novels. Oh so my I God. really did dove you, into the whole Did you watch the Jurdowski's Dune? You should rewatch I've, that. I've, yes, I should rewatch that. I did love that documentary. Yeah, it was great. Um, let me give you the summary, though, for people who are not following along. Um, and this week, I can give you my patented, for people who have not seen 2021 Dune, here is my patented one-sentence summary Whoa. of Dune. Uh, it's Star Wars Game of Thrones. That's it. That's the whole movie. Oh. You're all caught up. Yeah, that's what it is. Well, it's just Star Wars Game, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is... Uh, I mean, Dune, or Game of Thrones in Star Wars is medieval and fantasy Dune, really, is how you should look okay, at it. fair enough, fair you enough. Know? I'll give you a slightly longer summary. I'll, I'll give you my, my full two-point summary, more than two sentences, but two-point summary. The plot is, um, like, it's kind of... I go back and forth on whether this is a complicated movie or not, because it also sort of feels like this movie is a three-hour cold open for the actual movie that starts next movie. Like it literally ends with like, that's just the beginning. Mm. And we're finally in the mm. position where he's doing the thing that we've been expecting mm. him to do for three hours. But let me give you the, the anyway, uh, let's say it's like me give me the medium complicated version. So here you go. Peach Fugger and his parents live on an ocean planet and they're like the nice kind of people who are in charge of stuff. But the Supreme Leader of the Galaxy thinks they're getting too strong with their water and kindness. So he gives them a desert planet to run that was until yesterday ruled by dickheads. Then the dickheads immediately go to war, and with secret help from the head of the galaxy, they massacre everybody and take over Desert Planet. Sweet! Now they get all the spice, mm. which is the hilariously stupid name for the thing mm. that they mine that also drives their <laughs> spaceships and gets them high. Well, it's the they're, spice they're melange. Give it, you know, it's the full name. Course, the spice melange, which is maybe dumber, but more fun to say as well. It is, yeah. Melange just means mix, so yeah. It's yeah. just a. This is basically they're they're mining, you know, yeah. uh, garlic and paprika together. Did they ever say spice melange in the twenty twenty one Dune? Though I don't I, ever remember anyone saying that. I don't think they did. They did say spice yeah. mix for sure, but I don't think yeah. I, I remember melange. I, yeah. I mean, in terms of like famous story drugs, I think spice is better than like nuke from RoboCop two. You know, like sure, it's hard to sure, make yeah. names yeah, of space pretty, drugs. Yeah, uh, I am assuming that this is like an old bay, but who knows? It could be mm. could be an all spice, could be a, a was it mm. Chinese seven spice, nine spice? How many spices? Mm. Um, I like a good uh, a good taco seasoning mix, mm. possibly. Oh, yummy! Whichever one of these gets you the most high and also drives your spaceships. I like the anyway, ramen packets. Oh, oh sure, yeah. Sure. yeah, you got to remember one, which one's your favorite, and remember, there's one that we're not allowed to say. What? Which one are we not allowed to say? Beef. Um, no, but you have to remember, this is a story that was written by a guy at the Oregon coast just eating mushrooms a lot, right? Makes just sense. Just tripping balls on shrooms and being like, what if people had blue eyes? Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, point number two, the only survivors of this massacre are Peach Fucker and his mom. And so they go off together to make friends with the desert people who, depending on what you read, are either a respectful homage to or an offensive parody of Earth Muslims. And then Peach Fucker himself uh, takes over and is either a parody of or, an, depending on who you read, an embarrassing example of a white savior narrative. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Sorry, afraid this, that they won't that, adapt. Is this a movie? That, oh, yeah, yeah go ahead. <laughs> the, the Timothy Chalamet thing with the peaches. Is this is this a thing or are you just you're just guessing? No, this is <laughs> just call me by your name. You didn't see call no, me by your name? <laughs> no, you don't know, know movie. There's like a, like the middle chunk of the movie, like act three is just about this man impregnating a peach. Okay. It's um I mean, because I could also see like you know, one of your superpowers maybe is just like you know the first time you see someone on screen, what kind of fruit yeah. they would have sex with. Or have had sex with. Those ho- more like Holly Weird, right? Um. I will say, let's talk about Timothy Chalamet yeah. to start because I like his job is in all other movies, mm. petulant teenager, and this character is space petulant teenager. And even though he is like, it feels like he's the most out of place in this movie, in like in the lineup. I thought he did a very nice job. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think everyone in this movie is phenomenal. Uh, I really think about Timothy generally. But especially like what Timothy, because uh, like a big part of what like I think makes Paul such a fin- like awesome, fin- like fascinating character is that he's like, 
you know, one, he's like the prototype for a lot of characters we get in media, but he's also like, he's Neo from the Matrix if he met the architect before he ever met Morpheus, right? Oh. Like, he is, he is this character, like, the whole thing with, like, Paul is like, he's this guy who knows, like, oh, like, I am the product of this massive eugenics project and this whole massive religious organization that goes around spreading rumors all over planet seeding stuff so that I can succeed and prosper and, and be and he a knows that them, you because know? he stuck his hand in the box. Yeah. yeah. Is this another thing you're discussing yeah. about him? Or? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, at, at, at part of his contract is that in every movie, Timothy Chalamet will put part of himself in something inanimate, and you just have to deal with that. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. I That's see. how they worked him into Dune, was he put it in yeah. a box. Yeah, he showed up with the box already, his hand in it, and they just shot yeah. him it. You know, that's how he got the uh, roll. I don't know how to get it back out. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, he. It is weird. The only like, so I don't know much about Dune. I, I definitely we watched because we watched the first Dune for mm. a wet month years ago. Um, ironically, because it's a pretty dry movie. Um, but we watched it years and years ago on the show. I don't remember it super well. I've never read the well, books, it so doesn't... I don't know everything about it but i it does feel like in this movie he is like i he even says like he's like i i fear a holy war in my name and then Mm -hmm. three minutes later is like guys i'm space jesus let's steal the throne together Mm. yeah he despite it being a three-hour movie his his plot arc happens very quickly his his turn is almost immediate that is that is definitely intentional, like yeah. hugely intentional. I would say and, Frank Herbert is making a hero character that d- basically already knows he's a hero. Uh, it in a certain way actually already knows how the story's going to end. Yes, basically, right? right. Um, he's got dreams, and he's magical. It, in the book, the very first scene is uh, the the box scene, the pain in the box scene. Mm. Oh, nice! Um, and the reason that's the first scene is that the. Frank Herbert wants you to meet this character and instantly see that he has supernatural abilities and is like already Superman, basically. Right. He wants to get that out of the way yeah. right away. Um, and I'm not necessarily uh, saying these are like good things that that uh, that I think make the story better. Like to me, Paul <laughs> is largely the big question of like whether whether these movies will be successful. I think will have to do with how Paul's yeah. arc works within the movies, and we don't get to see all of it in this movie. Yeah. So in a way, I kind of am withholding a little bit of judgment. Mm. Uh, but Frank Herbert is very into the idea that Paul is like some weird, fucked up, inverted version of mm. like uh, the hero's journey type yeah. hero. But also uh. like, the thing is like Paul is also kind of the bad guy, right? Like that's part of the context that like will kind of be, like even I think in this movie, I think they're laying it on very heavily that like this is not about. These books are not about like how heroes are good. They're about how heroes are bad. And religious figures and cult of personalities are bad. They're not good. They're only going to hurt people in the long run, right? And well, like, but, that but is you put it he's... against a, 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 you know, a, a, a Skarsgård, he's always going to look like the good guy. Yeah, compared to Skarsgård, yeah. yeah you sure. get a, if, you, if, you, if you're like, well, look, is this guy, he's, is mm. he good or not? Well, his enemy mm. is a naked, mud-covered mm. Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. We assume that he's the good yeah. guy now. But yeah, I, but I, again, that's like purposeful. Sort of right? like how Bats of the Enemies of Bugs. If you're yeah. the enemy of a Skarsgård, I assume you're the good guy. But this is also like, you know, I like the Baron a lot, their adaptation of it, because it is such a in the book at least it's such a 1960s white straight guy's worst fear he's like a big gay pedophile with a scary russian name like he's just absolutely everything people in the 60s were afraid of so like well, the one of those words stands here, out against the other ones for me in right. terms of fear um like we still don't like pedophiles that wasn't like yeah. a time right, period right and overreacting that he was a <laughs> yeah. gay that he was gay thus he's a pedophile that was the right, thing yeah, he yeah. Was, oh, the so stereotype that offensive. but the thing is what's really interesting about dune reading it later is that frank herbert he was a guy in the 60s and by the 80s he's like directly apologizing for that within the subtext of the later books like mm. he grew a lot as he goes um hmm. yeah it's a fascinating series i love the lore it's, i think yeah oh, oh go ahead go no, you're good. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think this movie is awesome. I absolutely. Yeah. So you rewatched the other one. Were we? Was is it still not great? 
No, I mean, I so <laughs> I had seen the David Lynch movie when I was young, and it didn't make sense. It's maybe the most impenetrable movie ever made. David yeah. Lynch's Dune is like makes Mulholland Drive look like it's a wonderful life, like straightforward well, yeah, and narrow. Because you took because I didn't watch a lot of Lynch before we watched yeah. it the first time, but you're like, this is an unfilmable novel, and we put a pretty opaque director in charge of it. Yeah. Of course, it's not going to be a. You're not going to be able to follow this. Yeah, do it in two hours and ten and, minutes. Right? Yeah, it's, just, it's bonkers. But now that I had read the book and seen this movie, I think it actually makes the, the Lynch's work way more uh, user friendly. So I actually liked it a lot more this time. I still enjoy. I think this is the superior version of the first half of the Lynch movie because we haven't seen the second <laughs> half of this right. yet. But I, yeah, I thought this was just. I loved watching it. I'll probably watch it again before it goes Jeez. off max. Ezra, uh, where are you on this? Where do you come into the Dune? You're because clearly from Hunter's discussion, we know Hunter's read that he's a, he's a Dune head, and we know Anthony's a, a Dune head now. As where are you? Can I get like one body part that's like not an important one that like that part is Dune? Like it's like a Dune left. You're knee, a Dune knee. I'm a Dune knee. I'm a Dune. Okay, um, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Okay, so Which, I, mean, I think says I'm a Dooney. I'm a Dooney. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, yeah, so I, I think I, I liked it for sure. Uh, I came to the book maybe in my 20s, and so I'd already seen so much that it influenced, I think, later on. Yeah. So it was felt like, like oh, this is cool, but like it's felt familiar in a way that wasn't groundbreaking, but I liked it. Uh-huh. And I, I, you know, I saw, like, it was a weird trip when we did it for Wet Month. I remember, I think, the sweaty sting, I think, being the, like, the oh, wettest yeah. part of that movie, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, so sweaty, sweaty sting? sting? Yeah, we had sting the, the singer Sting, who was very oh, sweaty. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right, right. Um, he wears a G string, like, like, very, like, like enough wetness for like, the entire product thing. Right. right. Awesome. <laughs> like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this was like, this wasn't mine uh, necessarily, and where it's like, <laughs> I need this to be good because I care about it. But it was like, this is more like a, oh, yeah, I like this thing. And I like, I'll check this out. Um, and uh, I mean, I liked everyone they had in it, and it was enjoyable. And I thought this was a much uh, better version. The interesting thing is, like, I saw it with Sarah, uh, and I think it works a lot better. Like, it's a good ad- adaptation of the book. It's maybe not as good of a standalone. I think her, her mm-hmm. Sarah's read it was it was like um, it felt like they had about a movie and a half in the book, and the, um, they couldn't make it into one movie or two movies. Uh, so it felt like a little stretched this way. Uh, and mm-hmm. like squash the other way, basically. Mm. Is it really just going to be two? Because this, to me, the end of this felt like get ready for twelve dunes. <laughs> well, I like mm. Dune takes place this like six books in the Herbert that Herbert wrote, but like they take place over like five thousand years. Like they could only realistically do Dune one and maybe the sequel, but that even takes place like fifteen years later. But is this like uh, halfway through the book? Yes, this is almost exactly halfway through the book. Sure. And it gets real wild in the second half of the book. Uh, but I think I do feel like story-wise, I, like I sort of, I, I'm with Sarah where this, like story-wise, it's very unsatisfying. And I'm not naive. I know that you're setting up multiple, you can do multiple movies. But I right. do feel like the one <laughs> thing that we ask, if we're not super familiar, <laughs> is that the end of a three-hour film feel like we accomplished something mm. like some circle has complete like i want yeah. more things mm. are open but mm. i would love it to feel like we finished the story of this one mm. and now there's a story of the second yeah. one but this really did feel like three hours of preamble and i mostly yeah. enjoyed it but i do feel like as a story it just was a, it was a little unsatisfying to watch three hours end with and now the thing is going to happen yeah, I, right. I, I, I agree with did that like the way it ended for like kind of what I liked about a lot of this movie and kind of other Denny Villeneuve movies that this movie I think works really well as more like a like a just an atmosphere piece. Mm. Like I don't really need like a fully satisfying story, especially because I know I'm going to get that later. And I do think it, it is weird this movie stops. I actually almost wish it stopped like 20 minutes earlier. Like it almost feels like this movie yeah. ends and then we get yeah. 20 minutes of the second yeah. one. And that's then what I thought just, too. I thought the cut was odd, um, like an odd. That's, that's, that's sort of what Sarah was saying too, where it felt like a movie and a half. Like, yeah. and this is this went a little too far on it. I think that's true. I think mm-hmm. if you had had him, like all of his him of Peach Fucker and his mom walking through the mm-hmm. desert, that could definitely be the start of the second movie, and it would be more yeah. compelling. I mean, I do think it's this there movie built I, up to a war. It ends on the war. That would be yeah. great. I really liked the uh, Jameis fight at the end, especially like kind of what it yeah. does with the. 
the mythology and recontextualizing that his visions aren't accurate, right? That his visions can change. They're just possible. Right. right. So to like have this guy, he saw that he was going to be this great friends with you think, you think he's going to be, Oh, this is his mentor. They're going to have this fight and they're going to, you know, not kill each other and make up and become great friends in the second movie. Cause we literally see that. And then he just murders the dude. And I just, I think that's like a very shocking, like, Whoa, what the fuck? Uh, yeah. moment for it. Uh, and I thought it worked. It's definitely not a satisfying ending, but I thought it worked well as like a, like a, just a cool thought experiment to go that's out a cool on thought experiment that could definitely start the next movie yeah. too. If it ended yeah. on, um, we still don't know if his mm. dreams are real. That's not a thing that yeah. I needed to know by the end of this. Yeah. I think I mean, it's I think... structurally a little bit weird because if you've, if you've read the book or even if you've seen, cause this made it into the David Lynch version, mm. uh, you might know that the, the story will end with another climactic knife fight. Like exactly. Yeah. So now both movies will end with a knife fight. Well, which maybe at first sounds cool, but actually knife fights are not an interesting theme. Well, like you know what I mean? Like it's like why did they're both ending with knife fights? Why is that the case? I don't, don't know, think that's gonna, I don't think that's going to be a thing because that character doesn't exist in this universe. That's Sting's character, who's not they in just this movie. No, 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 no. They just have not. They're definitely. They are definitely going to do Fade Rotha yeah. in the story. There's no way they're just. They just haven't cast him. They they didn't yeah. cast the Emperor either, or yeah. Princess uh, the the no, I, the Princess What's her face. I definitely. I wouldn't be surprised if he cut that character entirely. I think. Oh, I think that would be. Yeah. I think that character could yeah. be cut, but I'm yeah. not saying that. Like and and then what's his face Dave Bautista or somebody like that could just fill yeah. in that role as mm-hmm. far as the structure goes. But the idea that we're not just going to have another knife fight at the end of the next movie seems that seems like a weird thing to cut to me. Yeah. Like to change can we ramp the up climax. instead of a knife fight? Can we have a sentient knife that holds a person and fights with that? Oh, like a, a human fight. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to bring a knife to a human fight. Yeah. <laughs> Because we've yeah. we've also had we've had all the buildup of uh, knives. We've talked about yeah. the Chris knife, and, and several yeah. times we've talked about the Chris knife. Like the idea mm-hmm. that that we're going to head to another knife fight at the end of the next movie, I feel like would be a little odd. And then, so I think it's weird that that's the bookend. We could have had in the second movie, we could have started with the knife fight and ended with the knife fight, mm-hmm. which feels a little less like we're making knife fights the important mm-hmm. part of the story. But the yeah. fact that they both end with one will be odd. It, well, but, I don't yeah, want to. Like, weird. That makes it seem like the series really is about yeah. knife skills. I mean, yeah. I know. They, like, it kind of know. is. <laughs> like, they, they have. Okay. So if I understand, Chris knives are like from like the teeth of the, of the, of the worms, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The worms have a lot of teeth. There are a lot of worms. They chomp. Things are really not for chomping, right? Oh my god! There must they, be knives everywhere. Worms, the the yeah. digestion on those worms must be a nightmare. Where do they mm. poop? That's they, yeah, thing. they they must be mm. eating. They're eating so many things that are not going to sit <laughs> well in their stomachs. I don't it's, know. It's all roughage. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, that mining machine, straight mm. roughage. You're getting no, mm. you're getting no nutrients from that thing at all. I, I think one of the biggest problems with this movie, and I don't want to w- wish way more work on them, but I do think one of the biggest problems is why didn't they just shoot both of them at the same time? I feel like a lot of kind of issues with kind of how it ends would feel better if the sequel was coming maybe a year from now. Yeah. And not four years from now, three years from now, oh, whenever wow. it's well, going to be. Yeah, like, in terms of like this, like it really, this really feels like this is just an HBO series, a mini series. I know. And I, it, wouldn't it be better if it was though? It like, wouldn't be it be better? better. Why, is this, why is there another four yeah. years before there's part two of this? Why <laughs> isn't this movie three episodes and the next movie is three episodes and you have them all you film them all like it would be a very compelling you're not gonna get you know this cast on an hbo miniseries i know but that's the thing about hbo miniseries is that they can have huge casts of very expensive people because this they don't have to be around for that long i mean i think it works as a movie quite i don't want to knock it too much and i think that like this just this, it's so filled with fun and interesting, cool ideas and images and stuff. I want to just watch on repeat. Plus this really heady, you know, emotionally but it, but compelling, you, interesting stuff. You're so yeah. invested in this world. I guess what I, I from someone who's not in, in, as invested, mm-hmm. I think there are some cool ideas and some cool, cool scenes. And mm-hmm. I am emotionally mostly mm-hmm. missing. I'm mostly mm-hmm. not, especially if you're telling me Charlemagne's not the good guy. It's like, Hmm. And the one thing to hang on to for this is hmm. that 
Because he's the only one. Him and his mom are the only two people not killed, and his mom right. is secretly a witch uh, well, doing doing don't, horrible genetic like experiments. It's like I want to root for somebody because yeah. Duncan Idaho is not here right now. <laughs> but, Alex, I, I don't want back, to make you though. think He'll it's going to be like a a twist where he's like the bad guy all along. Like he's the Paul is the antagonist of this story, or the protagonist of this story, right? He's going to have his hero's journey and have spoilers he wins at the end and everything seems better but it's in like the subtext if you think about like oh yeah, like, what is the you even that to say all, with this piece all i'm saying is he's the only emotional stuff. hook that i have and it's pretty light in this and i what we're talking like about this... is why people say that dune is unfilmable is because yeah. it's too it's like too clever essentially it's too smart um it could so i mean for, i as far as unfilmable I that does yeah. that does not sound like what's going on because it sounds mm. like it's only unfilmable if you're unwilling to cut anything. Mm. But you can simplify stories. You can mm. tell me good parts of this story yeah. and be like like just like every movie is not every word of this book. It's like yeah. even mm. good like for people who like the Harry Potter movies, it's like missing mm. scenes and characters and made right, up other right. stuff. Yeah. It's a summary of the move of the book and right. just the fun parts. Like you can just do that. Harry Potter's no Dune, though. There's a much denser text there to ad- adapt. You know, it's it's like yeah. the other great uh, unfilmable novels out there, like Gravity's Rainbow or something like that. That's just way too dense to like accurately get. Plus, like the way Dune is told, one of the funniest things about the Lynch version is that in the book, the characters monologue all the time in their heads. They're just constantly telling you exactly what's going on up there. Sure. And in the Lynch movie, they try to do that and just you <laughs> constantly hear the characters thinking for some reason. It's so ridiculous. And it's so ridiculous and does not work at all on film. And I thought like in this movie, they do that with the acting and like you have to kind of read into it and do a bit more work, but it is missing that element, you know? And so I just, think to, just like... to keep trying to reach out to the non-Dune heads out there, and even not to mm-hmm. the Dune knees, um, let's talk a little <laughs> bit about Sand Planet and this world that we're in, and how oh, this sure. is yeah, a, yeah. as a like science fiction thing. Yeah. Can, can I just um, point out one thing before we move forward? It's just great. like just a little nugget to close this up, because uh, you were talking about like, oh, what if you just like cut things and, and change things around? Well, there was this guy George Lucas that basically stole all the ideas from Dune, but then made it just like a normal movie, and that's called yeah. Star Wars. And we already have yeah. that, and so that's like that's why. That's yeah. a good point. And people loved it. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, but just it, to me, like, just the thing of them, like, just introducing me to Dune Planet is pretty interesting. Just the idea of this, the the nice people are given this place, but then it's a trap. That's mm. super interesting. Yeah. You could do that and then layer on the white savior stuff mm. later. Mm. You could just be about these yeah. guys now. You could just mm. do a story and finish mm. it that is a good yeah. part of this. Yeah. Yeah. And like maybe it was unfilmable in the 70s when you only got to do one two hour and 10 minute movie and then you had to be done. Mm. But now we know they want 12 sequels. So just mm. tell me a compelling story from the first few chapters mm. of Dune. Show me the suits that they poop mm. in, and then we're happy. I don't think they mm. want twelve. I mean, I don't think there is. I don't think they can do twelve sequels because if they get into the deep cut other books in the Dune series, like that stuff gets so out there that th- that stuff is completely yeah. unfilmable. Like, but you yeah. could if you just made a Star Wars book. movie from mm. the first three chapters, and then mm. you had a couple more. There's twelve Star mm. Wars movies. They did it mm. based on ripping it off. I mean, like <laughs> it's clearly plausible. Mm. But yeah, that, right, and right. I would love to go to a Dune theme park where we get all sandy, we poop in our suits. <laughs> wait, wait, you're just playing on the beach, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Beach. You, I just want to go to the beach, the beach yeah. and take a deuce. Yeah, yeah. But let's uh, let's. Uh, I, I, you had a good thing there of like let's actually summarize what well, Dune is and stuff. Let's like talk that. about the Dune well, planet because like what yeah. th- this idea of a almost unlivable desert planet that yeah. has a native people who are incredibly brilliantly adapted to this terrain, but it's still hard for them to live. And then visitors who are there because of the great mining. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. like an interesting setup in and of itself. It's the one place in the universe that makes this one thing we need. Um, And one of the things I really love about this version of Dune is this movie has some of the greatest examples of show, not tell I have seen in a very long time. This movie is, I think you can actually make the argument that it's a little bit too much show and not enough tell. 
Um, but like the way they communicate so much of the, from the way the force fields work without ever explaining what they do to like little things. Like if you know the universe, like they never say the word mentats in the world, but those like basically the human computer people, because there's no computers in Doom for a long, which is is one concern that I have, which was, I was confused because they don't ever say anything about this, but it's like the, one of the important early opening scenes is somebody Hmm. flying all the way across the galaxy to stamp something with wax. I mean, the whole meeting, the whole first half of Dune could have been an email. And <laughs> it's it's weird and upsetting. And then there's like these sword fights, but they also have uh, they have shields. They have magic shields in this universe. Yeah. And so I, I was like, this is very weird that there's like they're like space Luddites. And then uh, a brief Google, because I'm not in this world, tells, tells me that that's part of the fun of Dune is that they're yeah. technophobes in space. And I just think it's super hypocritical and stupid to think you can fly a spaceship but not be into technology. You've got a spaceship. You didn't row the boat there. Well, you they, flew there in a spaceship. Alex, that's that's they, the they whole point technology. of the fight. They, they, yeah. They're explaining that by saying, like, yeah, so instead of computers, anytime you would need a computer, we have, like, magical humans that use <laughs> drugs and all types of weird stuff. To make yeah. themselves do computer stuff in their brains. I'm not saying it's like the I'm coolest just, thing ever, but that is like how they explain all that stuff. I'm not saying it's not cool. I'm saying it's hypocritical of those people to say that they're anti-technology mm-hmm. and then get in their spaceships and fly well, home. Again, you have miscalculated. <laughs> no, it's not anti-technology. It's no computers. Yeah, no computers. They're, an- they're, anti- well, but they're also anti-gun, but they no, have well, they guns are laser not cannons. Use- guns aren't useful. They you like some people have guns. The shields stop guns. You have to have yeah, guns. Don't the work. shield only stop doesn't stop slower things like knives. That's why people use knives, right? Like guns are not effective. You use a slow gun. Doesn't... You have a goddamn yeah. spaceship. You can make a yeah. slow gun. They actually do uh, also, use a slow gun in the shield? movie. Yeah. There's that dart thing. That's why yeah. they do that. <laughs> yeah, turn the shield up to eleven. Why aren't you just yeah, yeah, get two shield. shields? Get one slow shield yeah. for slow stuff and one shield for fast stuff. Mm. Seriously, I mean that's literally what you do. Is you have a two core shield. You've got the yeah. the the shields for the the high intensity work core, <laughs> and then you've got a low. Just plugging away slow mm. slow shield. Yeah, or or like basically like one shield and like one person with like a fly swatter just like to like smack things out of the way if they get you know too close. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Why not make ev- the entire plane the black box? You guys know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, it's the same am, I deal. Right? am I right? I mean, that Uh-oh. one's easy because it's too heavy, but this is yeah. like a thing that you no, can actually if you do because it's magic. Mm-hmm. I like Anthony. That's a good point because if you give someone enough drugs, they could probably fly that. And that's yeah. the point. That's the whole point. Yep, that's yeah. the whole point. Um, or okay. it's just like Star Wars, where people have laser swords, but there's also guns, and that seems like really silly to me. Laser like, swords, laser 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 explained by the fact that mm. they are kooks. They're like yeah. we're weirdos, yeah. so we do this. Normal people use lasers. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. All right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Dune has you know like this mass. I don't know. I just think like the world building in this store in this version of it. Like I said, maybe a little bit. Uh, not enough kind of explaining, but I think like the way this movie goes around and tells it's very weird storytelling elements without showing it. Cause every frame is so like, it's very cliche to say like any frame could be a poster on the wall, but this mm-hmm. is definitely one of those movies where any frame can a be a famous poster phrase. On the wall. Every frame, just, a poster, every yeah, frame, every frame, what's happening in, yeah. in the background of all, like so many of these shots is so <laughs> Freaking cool! This movie's just so cool. It's cool. I, I, I like it. I, I thought like it was cool, and I don't think I think the story is a little bit weak. And I thought it was a very cool movie. Yeah. I mostly enjoyed it. And you, for a movie that long to hold my interest even a little bit is pretty impressive because it's too long. Yeah. There's no reason it should be this long. It could just be half as long and be two movies. Mm. Uh, but they're uh, yeah. So I think I think the story mm. doesn't quite do it for me. And I do think there's some things I don't like that you have to Google. Mm. In order to huh? understand why the hell there's no guns and why they're doing this wax seal I... bullshit, they're not emailing people. You can you can <laughs> use your you can use your laser space radio to communicate, but you can't send a goddamn email. I'm just imagining yeah. Alex yeah. sitting down at his computer, being like, "Do they have Ooh. email in Emails Dune? In Dune. Like, yeah. do they, why don't they have yeah. email in Dune?" <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> haven't actually Googled that phrase, but I'm definitely I, going to now. Yeah, I like yeah. that, though. That's good. I mean, you can uh, just see a page yeah. that says no, and here's why. Yeah. And the, the, uh, hmm. uh, um, nope. We can, does not we, can say, we can say more good things about it, though, because I feel like we kind of we kind of went right into like criticisms of the of the movie. Um, <laughs> uh, we did talk about the cast a little bit as far as how good they are. I yeah. just want to say that I really I think this for people that really like Benicio del Toro, I think this is primo uh benicio uh, wait, oh, oh wait benicio del toro wait he's did not I just in confuse this. him with uh Javier Bardem? yeah i do that all yeah. the time that's fucked up i'm sorry uh, However, i did just watch the french connection which yeah. has timothy chalamet again and it has absolute but, peak benicio del toro he's incredible yeah. in that but yeah, right uh, right uh, javier bardem in this yeah. yeah javier bardem is very very good as stilgar um and i really like rebecca ferguson a lot um yeah. or lady jessica i also just really like lady jessica jessica's character in general um i mm-hmm. think that the way that they have i think kind of used her character to establish the um weird tone of dune where characters are both heroes but also like caught like fraught with like very weird um either philosophical complications or just like involved in really obtuse very strange plots that might go very very deep um i feel like she establishes that really well for the movie which is really important especially uh whenever we get into the next movie for that to be a thing that the audience is familiar with i think they do a good job with that i think something that this movie does really really well that i love about the dune uh universe is that there's a a true sense of like the time scale that you don't get like in star wars right uh you can set a story in 2000 years ago in Star Wars and everything is exactly the same. Nothing ever changes in Star Wars, right? Even like most fantasy, Game of Thrones takes place over thousands of years. Lord of the Rings takes place over thousands of years. Nothing ever changes. It's just the universe is completely stagnant. And Dune is as a series. It just has such a deep lore and the the like the machinations of like the Benny Jesuits and like these families take centuries to come about. And what kind of like where this story picks up is at the end of you know centuries long planning by these organizations, and you get you can just feel the oldness that's in everything. Uh, I just think that's awesome, and not enough fantasy. Or sci-fi universes do that, and I wish more did. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the thing about fantasy that is exhausting to me: is to be mm-hmm. like, but wait, but have you read the other ten thousand yeah. pages about the, the background millennial stuff, that yeah. this yeah. family came about? Just, but I mean, so I think you don't pirate. have to do that at all. It's just cool to look at and know it's there, which is something I think this movie does really well. I think you don't need to know that, like all the mentats uh like the people with the little black strip on their lip but mm-hmm. it like it helps identify like oh this person and this person do the same things for the different houses yeah that what is i want like that is that so rich. i don't have to read the book yeah. but i it is nice to know that somebody filming it did read the book did read like, the book that's yeah, a nice yeah. nod there yeah it's um, just, i like how david lynch yes. did that to be honest that was one mm. thing that i think david lynch did better having them all have like wine lips basically yeah, yeah. i thought was hilarious <laughs> and i yeah, wish yeah. they had all had wine lips uh right. in in this so version we're gonna have to wrap this yeah. up we're gonna have to say goodbye to ezra we're gonna finish up with a quick argument without him as have a great Bye, one everyone uh you Bye, know remember dreams are messages from the deep yeah. <laughs> thanks I'm oh, so yeah, glad somebody dreams are messages from the deep <laughs> All right. Um, let's yeah. Let's use that to transition into segment three: the argument. All right, segment three: the argument today. My my question for you two: that the most th- the thing that I take away the most from this is: would you rather classic? Would you rather? Would you rather live on Dune Planet or on Waterworld? Uh, would you rather be too wet or too dry? Too wet or too time? dry, huh? Hmm. Um, probably Waterworld actually than mm. than Dune. I feel like Dune is even worse as far as like survivability. I think would be really shitty. Um, because you I mean, know I will say rough, that this, but... the movie like says that this planet is unsurvivable, but in this version of the movie, everyone we see survives the desert. 
like yeah, but there's, seems, you have to have so much shit to be able to do right, it. But they like, just have like, the shit, so it just seems yeah. like everyone mm. in. I guess I, I just wish someone had like been left outside the wall when something closed and they got sanded. Mm. Or yeah, something. someone had actually struggled to survive on Dune. Yeah, actually, in this movie, been everyone cool. is just fine all the time. Yeah, and actually, we kind of missed our opportunity mm. for that because the rest of the story. I mean, Paul and Jessica are basically going to be fremen, and mm-hmm, so they yeah. are going to know how to survive out there. So. That window where we could have had someone struggling to survive on Dune is kind of kind of closed now. I yeah, guess. we just have to take their word for it. As far as like show don't tell, this is the one thing where they were like, no, no, just trust us. If you go out without a poop suit, you die. And then we just see everyone wearing poop suits the whole time. So it's not, yeah, yeah. They, don't really, they don't really cover that. Um, I do think one thing that's interesting about thinking about Waterworld versus Dune is that both of them are actually very dry. Both of them are very mm. dehydrating because the yeah, water is all true. salty. Mm. So you're right. like, I, either way, you're getting sunburned and you don't have anything to drink. Yeah, I, I'm going to say, though, I'd probably rather do Dune because there are spaceships in Dune, so you can get right. off Dune. That's true. Well, but there's in fucking jet world. skis in Waterworld. Yeah, there's jet skis in Waterworld. That's pretty there's badass. There's jet skis somewhere in the universe of Dune. I'll find them. I don't uh, know. I, didn't I, see would, any I would be yeah. like, a, like, what's the sand equivalent of a snowmobile? Like a, a sand uh, dew? A sandworm. You ride a, sand- a sandworm. I mean, what? That's the well, equivalent. It does seem like those are a little bit finicky. So jet yeah. skis are a little bit finicky. Well, what the jet skis are pretty dangerous. And so yeah. are skis are also very dangerous, but they yeah. don't eat you. They could. You don't know that. I, it's probably yeah, happened. It. I mean, what um, happens if you go into the propeller? That's basically look, eating. I you. like I like a jet ski, but I also like a spaceship. That part is difficult. Yeah. Um, I would rather jet ski than ride a sandworm. That seems hard to mount. What if yeah. they go under? Right. You know. Um, well, if you I keep guess, the it, it, it seem up, like we, they won't go under. Duh. I'm, I'm sure at some point somebody in that series it's so long somebody like gets swallowed by a sandworm and then like lives inside of it like jonah or pinocchio or something is there a pinocchio scene in dune no there is the son of paul becomes a giant sandworm emperor paul is a paul gives birth to a sandworm no no as a son who becomes a sandworm He's born uh, as a normal. That's what I'm telling boy. you, dude. They're not and doing the all these boy. Dune books, man. They're yeah. not going <laughs> to. It's really yeah. weird, dude. They're he, not going to film the one where the guy becomes a sandworm, and then now he, your main character is a sandworm. They're not he, doing he, that one. They're not going to do yeah. twelve movies of this stuff. <laughs> They're going to do three, and by the third one, people are going to be like, "This kind of sucks. This is really weird." Because yeah. the Dune sequels, they don't suck, but they're just they're too crazy. Like you can't. Yeah. You, you, you can't make movies out of these yeah. unless you just That's write right. your own story. Like unless mm-hmm. you just do your own thing in that universe, which I, I think yeah. they will try and do that with TV shows and stuff. But yeah. Paul's son becomes a, um, a sandworm emperor and rules for 3,500 years. <laughs> this is true. This is what happens. That's, that's so stupid. It's dude. Every, <laughs> all of the classic sci-fi novels, yeah. uh, start, and there's the first book, which is the one everybody reads. That's good. Like Arthur C. Mm. Clarke does the same thing with 2001 A Space Odyssey. And then they do their sequels. And every mm. sequel to every classic sci-fi novel is just, well, I did a lot more drugs this time around. There, were, <laughs> I did more drugs during the writing process. And now the story's like this. Fuck you. I don't care. You want well, there to you... be a narrative? I No, no. I just want to you... be inside my character's head. And my, he- my character is a giant worm. And he can see the future and the past. And yeah. he feels completely disconnected from Wait, time. How about that? Okay, in that? So he's hmm. disconnected from time. But does he know, like, I just ate a bunch of metal. And it's not going down easy. Well, he's he's the emperor of the universe. He has nicer food than that. Wait, so, but does he still live under the sand? No, he lives in a giant. He's not like a five hundred meter sandworm. He's like a like a twenty meter sandworm. Yeah, he's like a job of the hut with a human being sticking out of its mouth, dude. Literally, George Lucas stole everything from Dune, even the bad (laughs) ideas, and he would just take the bad ideas and would be like, I'll make this into something goofy, you know? And another thing, like the part in this movie where they encountered um, the uh, Jar Jar Binks character, that was fun. What was the Jar Jar Binks character? I don't know what you're talking about. You just said he stole everything, including the bad ideas. So I was pretending there was Jar Jar Binks in this. I didn't totally commit to the bit, but you get Mm. it. (laughs) I get it now. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's like yeah. a choose your own adventure bit. It's like you guys go do the work. And yeah. I thought you were talking about like the cute little mice thing that drink water from their ears. 
I yeah, did enjoy the, yeah. that, except for the drinking water from your ears, which is gross. Yeah. But I did like the mice. That was fun, cute. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's going to be a couple of things. I mean, probably there's a lot of lizards mm-hmm. on this planet. Probably there's mm-hmm. a lot of spiders. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe. Uh, I'm just really excited for this for the next movie, and I think that the yeah. next movie will decide well, whether the first up, movie dude, was actually you got good. Four years to wait. I know it's going to be a long time, mm. uh, and the, uh, it's it's quite annoying. Um, I think if the second movie is good, it will mean that the first movie was also good. But if the second mm. movie is bad, Ooh. then the first movie is no longer good. Mm. In my I opinion. agree with that. I think that yeah. is true because it's so much, so clearly just setting up the other half. Yeah. It, if the other half is not good, it will undermine my enjoyment from this. And the second half, yeah. in my opinion, harder to make work as a movie. Like, they got through the stuff that was easier to do. Like, the whole betrayal arc of, uh, you know, that, that is in this movie, that was the most obvious movie part to me. The climax of Dune is very fraught with, uh, I think, problems that, that aren't aren't necessarily a problem with the book itself, but like as a movie, mm. you would have to be like, "Wow, why are, are these characters like this?" Because like once Paul goes like starts going down this like god status thing, he's such a strange protagonist already that it yeah. kind of sh- I think will strain uh, the movie well, possibly. And, it just depends on how they thread that needle. It'll be fascinating. I mean, this to is see. not even getting into like Paul's sister, who is a very big and very important character. Uh, in the second half of the book, right? And we, I don't remember her. The... Well, well, she's not she's born Jessica's yet. pregnant, pregnant, right? Yeah. Do you remember that oh, part? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah but... Right. I'm glad you said this took place over a long time because I don't want to see a baby getting in the way of all this. Yeah. Just like uh, trying to, just got a crying baby in, uh... while he's off being Jesus. She's hmm. in. She's in the David Lynch version. Uh, she yeah. has the last line where she just says. She calls Paul the Quitsat Hatterack, but mm. in that movie, they had never said that term before. So at the end of the David Lynch movie, they just say the words Quitsat Hatterack, and you're like, what does that fucking mean? And then you roll <laughs> <right> in. <laughs> That's pretty it's funny. really great. Yeah. All right. Well, um, really solid argument. I think we really got to the bottom of Waterworld versus Dune mm. on yeah, that yeah. one. Good work, guys. Yeah. No, no stone or wave left unturned. We really exhausted the topic. Yeah. 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 Thank yeah. you, Alex. Thank I, you. I feel like people are like, man, we, listen, we don't want another bit of nuance on this argument. Please wrap <laughs> it up. And so I'm going to do that. Um, this is a this is going to be a nice taut episode instead of one of those meandering long episodes. We're going to wrap it on that. Um, Last thought. We're gonna wrap it on this. Final thoughts on Dune twenty twenty one. Last thing you have to say before we go. I'll start. I feel like I kind of already did it with the whole like mm. if the sequel's good, then the then the yeah, first you did, one's you're good. Right. I should have cut on that. So that's but my I didn't. final thought. Anthony, final thought. Um, I I think that this is still just quite an achievement in visual and audio storytelling. Uh, just the sense of scale of it. Uh, it's really beautiful. I'm glad it exists. I definitely am. A uh, little apprehensive about what the sequel will be, but I'm glad we got this at least. I generally think even if we don't get a sequel, this is still worth it. Just as like, like I said, I'm probably gonna watch it again before it leaves HBO Max. That's so much time, man. You could watch seven other movies in the time you've watched just this Dune. I'll watch is this Dune, Dune really and better than watch seven, seven movies? other movies. What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? You're not making any sense, Alex. You got a lot of time. I will leave you on this ornithopter. Oh yeah, just put it out Very there. Cool. Just they just decided we're just gonna do helicopters. Weird. We're just gonna make yeah. the blades go mm. instead of that's different. That's pretty cool. Alex like, Lucas didn't steal that one. Yeah. You know, he left that one on. The, he did. The he did. He did not do any any sort of flappy winged helicopter. Yeah. If yeah. there's one thing I'm gonna take away from this episode is that Alex Falcone hates world building. He just can't stand it. If you try to fucking build a unique world, if you got unique stuff, fuck it. I don't recognize it. I, this I, is if the it's thing. Not, I don't know how you I see outside this. my window. I, I don't know how you haven't noticed 600 episodes into this podcast. Is right. I like talking about the world more than I like talking about the film studies part of it. I love talking about the world building and I like some parts of it and I disagree with others. Like I think, uh, the ornithopter is a little bit silly and the wax seal is a little bit silly, but I really like the palm trees and the poop suits. You know, I, 
I'm I like the wrist shields. I thought that was a cool thing. I yeah. the problem is yeah. I, the what actually happens is I am so into worlds that are being built that I think of them as worlds and not as movies. Yeah. And then you are critical of that decision. But I'm always no, you, interested in the world. I disagree. I think you just genuinely hate it. That's what I think. I, I got Dude, from I this like episode. A, I like a wrist shield, although I don't yeah. know if you can't just get better batteries or something in the future, but you might want to have those yeah. kind of turn on by default. <laughs> you might want some, like your like the way you're, if you get like an Apple watch and you turn your wrist, it turns on. I just want that yeah. where it's like, as soon as I get into a fight, my shield turns on. Surely you guys can do that. I liked how they had different, like they had the wrist things, but then, uh, you know, Skarsgård had like his, his cute little ring on his finger. Ring, ring, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, they like, were like, yeah, we, right. Clearly we are <laughs> warring factions because we cannot decide which version of hand jewelry to build our shields around. They're not uniform. It's very fashionable. You know, yeah. it doesn't he go with this aesthetic of his but creepy also, here's black flowing robes. This is what I know from Earth, at least, is that those charge with completely different ports. Yeah, there's that's you cannot true. plug a shield, a wrist shield into a ring shield charger. One of them's got wireless, the other one's USB C, but it's like a different wattage than your than yeah. your television. It's also It'll break it. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, there's, there's no, no way, way those guys agree on a standard. You think yeah. the ring would just charge with his back floaty things, you know? You think that would just be an all-in-one kit? I, if you're going to install nice. a black floaty thing, you might as well install a force field in your finger, you know? And that is the real ending. That's where we really are going to wrap. That's the last word that everyone wanted to get on. Dune! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this uh, this fun little episode. We'll be back again in two weeks. We're going to take next week off, recover a little bit from this and some travel that I've got. And then we're going to have a powerful second half of November, probably. We don't know. We haven't planned it. Who knows? Um, but we have more episodes coming up after next week off. Thank you for sticking around. We love emails, as always, podcast at readdashweep.com. And we really appreciate all of our meat buddies and all of their moisture for spitting in our mouth and keeping our show going. Thanks for being here, Hunter. Yeah, hey, thank you. Sleeper yeah. has awakened. Anthony, good chatting with you. The spice is life, buddy. <laughs> All right, we'll talk to you right next week. Goodbye. Bye.